You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! So, here we are. It's episode number 52 and I'm back. I am sorry I ended up taking a three-week holiday kind of unexpectedly. Uh, I meant to take two weeks off, but I ended up actually going away last week for a week when there was no Wi-Fi. So I apologize. I am back. And it's also my one-year anniversary that I released my trailer. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening and sticking with me for a year. And if, obviously, if this is your first episode, then go back to episode one and start in Paris because we have made it. It took me almost a year to get from Paris to Cape Town by land or water, but I did it. <laughs> and then I decided, I know, why don't I just hitch up, uh, hitchhike back up to Nairobi by myself because that's sensible. But before we get there, yeah, I have a bit of exciting news. I've been working on some Many Roads Travel merchandise, which is looking pretty cool, plus, you know, some other travel designs, as well as I'm going to start my travel planning. So you know how much I've traveled. I've been to 76 countries now, and I don't know how many miles I've covered, but probably close to over, I reckon, 100,000 miles easily. I mean, this trip alone was 30,000, so... Yeah, more than that. And that's not including flights. I'm not including flights, just traveling by land, overland. And obviously most of those are as a solo female, as you know. So yeah, so I thought, well, if you wanted me to plan your trips, I, I'll be able to do that from now on. It's almost launched, so stay tuned and obviously subscribe so you don't miss a step along the way. And also I'm going to be probably over the rest of the summer just having an episode out every two weeks because like I said, I have a lot on that I want to get done by the end of the summer. Okay, so picking up where we left off, I was in Cape Town with four other travelers that I had met in Harare, Zimbabwe, and we were traveling together about two months in Warren's very nifty old English Land Rover, which had bolted a seat on top of the roof. So I used to travel up on there all the time and just watch Africa go by 360, which was amazing. But the time had come. We'd brought in New Year's together in Cape Town which was awesome. Remember, this is back in 19... Well, now we're in 1994. So, you know, traveling was very different. This is before internet, Wi-Fi, <laughs> ATMs, you name it. Yeah, very, very different now. Although I have to say, probably a lot more adventurous for sure. I mean, I didn't have a travel guide back then. So I literally was winging it. But the time had come for me to say goodbye to the Commonwealth crew who I called us. And like I said, we I had such an awesome time with them and and traveling with your own vehicle was amazing but it was time to hit the road on my own again and I was going from Cape Town to Durban so that's another thousand miles on this episode 
which will take us up to 25,400 miles. So getting there. So I'm actually thinking maybe I did more than 30,000. Did calculate them all, but I'm looking that it might be a little bit more. But anyways, we're at 25,400 after this episode. And I was going to Durban, South Africa, and stay with my great-great-uncle. So he was my grandma's uncle. And I'd never met him before. He'd been living in South Africa for a long time. And he's, he was actually an ex-British Royal Navy commander. So he did that for many, many years. And he just settled in Durban. So remember, like I said, no internet. And phoning home back then was really hard and really expensive. So it was mostly the old letter writing. And so my grandma had been writing to him and saying, listen, your great-great-niece is in Africa. Would you like to meet her? And of course, he was like, yep. So I had called him from Cape Town saying, okay, I'm going to get the bus from Cape Town to Durban. So he's like, okay, I'll meet you. I'll pick you up and everything. I'm like, awesome. Because I literally had maybe $200 left to my name. I mean, I've been on the road for over a year now. So, well, almost a year, pretty broke. And that was another reason I was going to go to Durban. A, I could stay with him, but B, I wanted to get a job to um, save some money so I can, because I decided I was going to move to England from Africa. So when I left Canada, my six, what I thought I was going for six months, it ended up being, oh, 22 years <laughs> until I moved back to Canada. Anyways, so basically I was on my way to get a bus ticket. But I was pissing around in our hostel, which was like a big house with a pool in a little suburban of Cape Town, but walking distance into into downtown Cape Town. So it was awesome. Of course, I you know got there later than I wanted to. Well, the person in front of me bought the last ticket for the bus. I was so annoyed with myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to have to get the train, which is twice the price. This is ridiculous. Anyway, so I went to the train station, got my ticket phone my uncle. I think I just left a message. He had a, a maid. So I left it with her just saying, okay, I'm, I'm coming on the same day, but I'm actually getting the, the train, not the bus because I missed, you know, it's sold out. So the next day I said goodbye to all, well, all the people at the hustle that I met. And of course, to especially to the Commonwealth crew who are awesome. Such a great time with them. So I'm on the train and, you know, I think it's like nine or 10 hours to get there because it's a thousand miles. And of course, I'd said to my uncle, I'm like, well, how are we going to recognize each other? <laughs> so he said, oh, okay, well, I'll wear a flower in my lapel in a suit jacket. I was like, okay. Anyway, so I get to the, you know, finally pull into Durban, get to the train station. I'm looking for him and kind of were the almost the last people on the platform. So we're like, okay, so yeah. I mean, he was in his 70s by then, you know, total dapper gentleman. He always actually wore a cravat and a suit jacket, but he had his flower, so we recognized each other. And he was just like, oh my gosh, I've been so worried because I wasn't sure if you were getting the bus or the train, but have you heard the bus that you were supposed to be on was going over a bridge and it collapsed and split in two. And mostly everyone, I think it was like 34 people drowned only about five survivors. I was like, oh my goodness, there we go. Another near-death experience for me on this trip, which must be, I don't know how many. Honestly, I will have to count one day, but it, we're probably the double digits by now for sure. Obviously, my heart went out for all those people that died. And also, I was thanking my guardian angels yet again for making me two minutes late. And the person in front of me literally got the last ticket. Crazy, crazy, crazy African times continue. 
And now a quick sponsor break. So the number one reason I use this website to book most of my accommodations when I travel around the world is because they often offer a 24 to 48 hour free cancellation fee. Plus they are a price comparison site. So you get the cheapest price possible. So head on over to manyroadstravel.com forward slash booking and you'll also be helping support the show. So I thank you for that. Okay, now back to the show. One last reminder, if you want to save yourself money on your accommodation and get the free 24 to 48 cancellation fees on most bookings, then please head on over to manyroadstravel.com forward slash booking. Okay, back to the show. So I went back to my Uncle Doug's place and he said, do not ever call me uncle in public or especially great, great uncle. (laughs) It's quite vain. (laughs) I was like, okay, no problem. So I just called him Dougie. Unless he was annoying me that it was great, great Uncle Doug. But yeah, he had a nice little apartment, kind of like a one half bedroom, probably right on the, it's called the Golden Beach in Durban. So Durban was kind of, I think still now, but was renowned as kind of the Miami of South Africa. So great surfing, a lot of sharks. (laughs) They have shark nets, but also it's quite, it was quite violent, especially like you would hear guns go off especially at nighttime, all the time, like every single night. So kind of had to be aware of that. But besides that, great place. And his location was awesome because it was right on the beach. And then bless him, he gave me his master bedroom and he kind of had a sunroom, balcony things, with a little single bed in there. And he slept out there and met his maid, who was lovely. Yeah, and then was kind of like, okay, I got to find a job. Like literally, I have no money. So I managed to find a job bartending because I'd bartended for years back in Canada. At a place called Sand Pebbles, which I think is still there. I'm not sure. There's this big club right on the beach. It was kind of on stilts. And then in front of it was a little water park. And then you can come down the steps and get onto the beach. And it was really busy. It was a really popular place. But the annoying thing was, like, I'd have to be at work at 6 p.m. Basically, I'd have to work till the last person left. So that usually was around between 5 and 6 in the morning. Sucked. <laughs> But, you know, I made good money and made tips and things like that. But I also found out that the owner of the Sand Pebbles at the time was part of the Durban Mafia. (laughs) So I was, you know, a little bit hectic, but typically me, no surprise there, really. (laughs) So I ended up working there for about six weeks and saved up all my money. And then I decided that instead of flying from Johannesburg to London, England, I would fly from Nairobi to London because I thought it would probably be cheaper. And because I already come down all of Africa, I was like, well, I could just hitchhike back up to Nairobi. It'll only take me a little while and I'll save money. Well, it ended up taking me close to three or four months to get back to Nairobi. So probably not the most sensible idea that I'd had. And then my uncle places with him and he wanted to kind of show me off to his friends at the yacht club. But I'm a complete tomboy. I rarely even now wear dresses or skirts. And he's like, you got to wear a dress. I'm not taking in your cutoff shorts. <laughs> so I was like, well, you're taking me like this or I'm not going. So he kind of relented and I went and met all his friends. And, you know, absolutely lovely. All these old, a lot of them were ex-Brits. That was a lot of fun. And I remember this one time, like I said, I was bartending in Sand Pebbles and I'm, the staff were awesome. I became really good friends with this one Indian waiter because Durban has a really big Indian population. So awesome curries, like Durban's renowned for its food actually now, even then, but now especially curries and things like that, Indian food. 
So I became really good friends with this one Durban waiter, and he used to get this Durban poison is a type of weed that it's still renowned around the world. It's really good, very strong. And so we'd go for our little breaks and I'd take like two tokes and be ooh, high as a kite and then have to come in and be like four deep at the bar. But mostly they drank brandy and Coke. So that was at least easy <laughs> for beer. Oh my gosh. But it got, it got us through the nights. Like I said, when you work at 12 hour shifts and don't even know when you're going to end, super annoying. But anyways, one night they asked me to cover the door for an hour or so because the person on the door, like, you know how you have coat checks? Well, they were late. So they're like, can you just cover it for an hour? I'm like, sure. Like, you know, in Canada or Britain or most places, you know, it is coat checks. So we'll give you your coat you give them a ticket, you hang the coat up and away you go. Come back and give you your ticket you get the coat. No problem. Well, here in Durban, <laughs> it was actually a gun check. I kid you not. So there was like a safe by the door and they would give me their loaded guns and I'd put them in the safe and they'd give them a ticket. And then when they leave at four, five, six in the morning, absolutely hammered, give them their gun back when they give me their ticket. It's like, oh, no wonder I would hear gunshots every single night. It was just absolutely crazy. I've never seen anything like it in my life since or before. And my uncle, of course, would freak out. He's like, you got to get a taxi home. It was probably about a 20 minute walk along the beach to get from his place to Sand Pebbles. But like I said, I was saving money and I've gone through a lot of crazy experiences through Africa so far. So I'm like, I'll be fine. So yeah, I would walk home every night. Well, like I said, it'd be in the morning. I luckily never encountered any problems at all. Like just just hear the gunshots go off. <laughs> and hopefully they were further away than closer. Craziness. So that kind of sums up my six weeks in Durban, really, just hanging out with him. And my uncle was so sweet. He said, I'd come home after my shift, and I would literally just drop my clothes and get into bed, exhausted. And by the time I'd wake up, you know, two or three in the afternoon, the clothes I was wearing would be washed, ironed, and hanging up in my closet. <laughs> and usually, like, breakfast or lunch, whatever, ready for me as well. The only thing is, he was a little bit... It's almost like I was a kid again because he was really, really concerned about me. And if I went out with my friends for dinner or something, because, you know, I did get a day or two off. I think I only took one day off a week, actually. I worked the rest. And he'd be like, what time are you coming home? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I had keys and everything, obviously. And, of course, no mobile phone. So it's not like he could call or text or anything. So I just come home when I came home. So he kind of gave me shit about that, which was a little bit annoying, but bless him. I mean, like I said, he did so much for me that is awesome. So I forgave him for those discrepancies. <laughs> yeah, I really was hoping that I would see him again, but I'm sure he probably passed by now for sure. My grandma has as well, so I have no idea how he got on the rest of his life. But he, he loved Durban, so he was where he wanted to be, which is super important. Okay, so that is it. Next episode, or the next few episodes uh, of my way back up to Nairobi, I got my journal back. Because the last four or five episodes, this is literally, I'm winging it from just my memory. I have my journal back from this next episode, <laughs> so I could be a little bit more detailed with my travel adventures for you. Okay, so before we go any further, and now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Tip number one for Durban would be there are so many beautiful beaches there. It's amazing. The main beach is called the Golden Mile, which you can, you know, swim. There's lots of water sports, things like that. But there's also the 
Ushaka Beach, which is renowned for their sandcastle artists. So it's crazy. Like you just see these enormous sandcastles that are absolute. I mean, it's not just sandcastles, right? Sand sculptures, I guess, that are amazing. So you should definitely check those out. And then probably the North Beach is great as the best for bodyboarding, as well as seeing humpback whales in the winter. And tip number two would be the Moses Mahidi Stadium, which I don't think was there when I was there. I'm not sure. Which is this huge stadium, which obviously is for sports, like their rugby and uh, concerts. But also there is lots of like adrenaline activities. So they actually have the world's tallest swing at the top of the stadium, which is 260 feet above ground. (laughs) See, that's why I don't think it's there, because I would have done it if it was there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And there's other things you can do there as well. And then tip number three would be if you wanted to swim with sharks, which are black tip bull and tiger sharks in shark cages. It's a 40-minute drive from Durban. It's a little fishing village called Um Umkomans. So you can check that out there if you want to swim with sharks. I swam with nurse sharks last year in Key Cocker. But they don't bite. (laughs) So that was okay. (laughs) Okay, and my tip for solo female travelers would be, like, I found South Africa fine, like, completely safe. I mean, like I said, to Cape Town, I was traveling with other people in our own vehicle. But now, you know, I was on my own. Obviously, the bus accident was more, you know, rarity, especially a bridge collapsing. Like, that's crazy. But besides that, yeah, I felt it safe. And you'll meet loads of other travelers, especially in Cape Town and Durban and probably Joburg if you stay at hostel and things like that. So I didn't find a problem. And like I said, I started hitching from Durban, which we'll hear about obviously next episode, where I hitch from, well, I hitch all the way back to Nairobi, but I go from Durban through Lesotho, where I get lost in the mountains. Not ideal. (laughs) So yeah, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a step along the way and head over to the website, manyroadstravel.com, like for the merch and also for travel planning if you want me to plan your trips. That should be up very, very soon. So I reckon probably, yeah, every second Thursday, a new episode will be out. Who knows? I might time and be able to do one once a week like I normally have. But if not, for sure, by September, I'll be back on my weekly. Okay, so until next time, safe travels one more time.